Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast is a Christ-centered podcast. Established in 2019 and hosted weekly by Pastor Chris Busher. Addressing a host of topics such as the Great Commission, Christian discipleship, and often featuring interviews with special guests who are experts in their field. The views and events expressed on this podcast and all related materials belong solely to their author and not necessarily to the author's employer, organization, committee, or other group or individual. While all attempts are made to present accurate information, some information may become outdated over time. Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast makes every attempt to timely update any and all such information. Without further delay, here's another powerful episode of Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast. Welcome back to another episode of Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast. Once again, I'm your host here, Dallas Montague. Today, we have another amazing guest joining us here in the studio, Jared Werta. Jerry, how are you today? I'm fine. Doing, doing fine, Dallas. It's a pleasure to have you here. Today, we're going to discuss your book, Thy Kingdom Come, and I'm really excited to hear about this book. I read through the synopsis that you have written here, and we're going to talk about this a little bit more. But before we do, I would just like to give you some time to talk a little bit about who you are for our audience. Well, I'm just uh, a lay person, as my wife is, who uh, helped uh, co-author the book, uh, have um, some Oh, 40 years, if not more, of studying the Bible and uh, delving into uh, specifically the subject of Revelation, which fascinated me from uh, my first years of uh, becoming a a born-again Christian. I was raised a Catholic, but, uh, you know, there's not much about being born again and really in Catholicism. So it took me uh, some proselytizing from some Protestants in order for me to understand some more about how important it was to read the Bible for myself and to allow God to be that interpreter of the Bible for myself. So th- those 40 years I've been studying, uh, I, my main, one of my main interests was trying to understand the book of Revelation, and that's what the book is a culmination of. I mean, I've read through the book of Revelation many times, and it's I've watched a bunch of YouTube videos of what it's kind of talking about too. So like I said, I'm really excited to talk with you today and find your interpretation behind this. Thank you for sharing that. Let's just dive right into the book here. So when did you write this book? I wrote it about two years ago, um, but it's a culmination of about uh, five to over five years of work, uh, specifically dealing with with some uh, revelations that I began to see. By revelations, I mean uh, inspiration by reading it and uh, mm-hmm. doing study overall in the Bible that come to certain conclusions about um, that are somewhat supported by other other authors, but I have a unique point of view on it. Mm-hmm. And when you were doing some studying, I know these aren't some of the questions we were going to speak about, but when you were doing some studying, were you using a specific Bible? Were you using the Greek, the Hebrew? Which avenue did you take this? Well, mostly the King James Version uh, and uh, well, I use other versions to get clarification at times, depending on, on uh, you know, in my research, I find that there's other, there are certain uh, uh, translations that might, might uh, do better on a certain passage than the book, than the King James Version does. But for mm-hmm. the most part, King James Version was, was sufficient in order for me to you know, delve into the subject matter. Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast is a Christ-centered podcast. Established in 2019 and hosted weekly by Pastor Chris Busher. 
addressing a host of topics such as the Great Commission, Christian discipleship, and often featuring interviews with special guests who are experts in their field. The views and events expressed on this podcast and all related materials belong solely to their author and not necessarily to the author's employer, organization, committee, or other group or individual. While all attempts are made to present accurate information, some information may become outdated over time. Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast makes every attempt to timely update any and all such information. Without further delay, here's another powerful episode of Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast. November year 1095, Pope Urban II ignited the passions of the princes of Europe with his fiery sermon and a call for the holy war against the Saracen Turks. Inspired by this cause, Sir Rodrigo, a young knight from Castile, set out to join the crusade, but an unexpected encounter challenged his beliefs and leaves him determined to uncover the truth. Throughout his fateful journey, his unrelenting quest for truth will test his very faith in God. When the crusaders reach their final goal, find your copy of Deus Volt on Amazon today. Journey to the Royal Village tells the story of 40 kids that found their purpose in life by following simple but powerful biblical principles. In each one of their lives, you will witness the unique ways God uses to align His heart and their hearts. The impact is tremendous, and the invitation to follow God's heart is for everyone, regardless age. Find your copy of Journey to the Royal Village on Amazon today. And what led you to write this book? When did you decide, I'm going to write a book about my revelation when did you decide this? Well, I've been in uh, forums, Christian forums, for many years, delving on these subjects. And uh, as I began to uh, debate issues on how to understand the book of Revelation, I began to uh, see where there was shortcomings in the other views and, and where the greatest strength lies in how to interpret it. And, uh, and then... I finally began to see that there was something specific that God was relating to me through the scriptures mm -hmm. of how to interpret it more properly and, and particularly in reference to the structuring, how it's to be properly structured. And some of your personal journey over the years of finding the, the research to write this book, Thy Kingdom Come, what else can you tell us about this? Well, the personal journey uh, began to lead me to the understanding that um, the book of Revelation is about the mediation of Christ. Now, Christ is our mediator, according to 2 Timothy uh, 2.5, and the object of that mediation is to uh, make intercession for us. Now, that is on an individual level, level as well as a corporate level, and that corporate level is what we see signified by those seven churches. He's dealing with uh, churches on the corporate level there, not, and uh, individual in the secondary sense. And uh, that, in, in, in acknowledging that, the, and which is really brought out in the very first chapter of the book, that it is Christ's mediation, the other schools, there are certain schools of thought that just do not, cannot properly interpret it then. It cannot be about just strictly past historical events, or nor can it be about events, uh, at the, the very final events when the church is raptured out. It has to be a continuous unfolding of history because that's what Christ's mediation is about in reference to the church, the continual mediation and intercession for the individuals and the corporate body of the church. So the book of Revelation is best understood from the historicist's point of view, 
which is the continuous unfolding of history from the time uh, between the two advents of Christ. Now, mm -hmm. the two advents of Christ were prophesied in the Old Testament, but it took uh, Christ's Christ first advent to, to begin to unfold that and uh, as the uh, actual uh, fulfillment of the uh, Hebraic uh, ceremonial calendar uh, being the spring, being consisting of the spring and autumnal festivals. Now, Christ fulfilled the spring festivals when he came the first and the first advent, but he will fulfill the autumnal festivals when he returns. Now, there's seven months in between those in, his, in the Hebraic calendar, and there's no coincidence that we have these seven uh, sevens used continuously in the book mm -hmm. of Revelation, seven churches. Seven churches are seven epochs in which he uh, ministers to the church, intercedes for the church for between those two advents, and that's what the seven churches represent. In your book here, do you talk about like Revelation as an overall book, or do you talk about it, do you touch on the symbolistic things that are happening through the book as well? Well, it is, it is symbols made up of symbols, but those symbols are to be interpreted at to, and represent something. And we can use the Old Testament to discern what those temples, the, the Bible is its own expositor. It reveals what those symbols mean, mm -hmm. uh, but it's the proper placement of when those symbols in time in which the Hebraic calendar allows us to do. The seven churches are the stand between the two advents of Christ just like the seven seals uh, yeah. are to be placed at a specific time. And that's what my book's about, properly structuring when those uh, symbols are supposed to be applied historically and uh, when the narration about those symbols is to be applied in, in history. And I yeah. do find that the seven seals are particularly uh, not... Um, end time events, and they are not past events. They are events that are supposed to occur within a certain time uh, in our history. And uh, I do believe the structuring reveals that they are occurring continuously from the time, probably around the, um, the time of the last church, which would be about the 18, 1800s until our time. And that's the yeah. time of the rise of the Protestant church in particular after the, uh, the Protestant church inner society and what the ramifications of that were. Yeah. What would you say was the most difficult part of Revelation to interpret for you? Uh, well, it was those seals. I think that's what everybody, uh, in particular the historicist point of view, has difficulty in interpreting. Uh, those apocalyptic horsemen, when do they ride mm -hmm. forth? Uh, the, uh, as I said, the other schools te teach the, either their past events or their distant future events. But the historicists see them as, as unfolding during our time, but they have them unfolding probably starting with the first advent, not probably, but they do having unfolding at, or representing historical events starting from the first advent. I see them as unfolding during the time of the final church or the Laodicean church. Mm -hmm. um, they are a judgment upon the church because uh, the last, the condition of the last church, which it's, it's rich and increased with goods and thinks it has need of nothing. It's lukewarm. 
we are living in times when the church is pretty lukewarm and the ramifications of that in our society is what is what are we seeing now the protestants secularized society and there was very uh uh, pernicious uh, uh, effects of that upon society, which uh, history touches on lightly, but I think that's what I do in my book, is I pretty much, um, uh, as not that I'm opposed to Protestant pretty, by any means, I think uh, Protestant reformed the church, but then soon got caught up with secularizing society, which caused um, some definite, definite uh, effects upon society, which we're seeing the culmination of today our, our yeah. world is in a in in a much turmoil today there's upheavals today because of that secularization of society and the ramifications of that and that's what this my book's about how this came about how what the protestant influence was about that and how that brings, brings out the illustrations of those four horsemen of the apocalypse yeah and you're the expert here so i don't want to ask many more questions i just want to give you some time to just share what else can you tell us about this book of Revelation from your studies, from your book here? Well, as I said, the, the book of Revelation is about the ministry of Christ. And the ministry of Christ and his intercession is about uh, judging the church. Is it maintaining its, its responsibility to be the light to the world, a city set on a hill? Mm -hmm. Now, uh, I do believe the New Testament is very replete in, in a warning that there's going to be a great falling away in an apostasy. And that great falling away apostasy are events in which the church is not fulfilling its responsibility of being light, a light to the world, a city set on a hill in a general sense. Now, there are certainly individual uh, individuals within the church that are doing great work on that. Uh, they are fulfilling that mission, but the church in the general sense and in, in, in its totality is falling in, in, in those responsibilities at the end of time. Um, and which is prophesied, as as I said in the New Testament, there is going to be a great falling away at the end times. And that's what the book of Revelation is really, really revealing in the seven seals, seven trumpets, and then ultimately the last plagues when Christ returns. Yeah, you, you also mentioned here the end of days. What, what do we do with this? Because we hear so many people say we're living in the last days. People have said this for thousands of years as well, right? But or do you think that we're truly living in the last days and what do we do with that? Oh, definitely. We're living in the, in the last days. I think that's what, uh, if you understand the proper structure in the revelation, it will, it will lead to that. How, what we do about it. Well, we have to, first of all, understand that, uh, how, what, what part the church has played in those final days, why it was predicted that there was going to be a great falling about falling away. And, what it means to be a light to the world and a city mm -hmm. set on the hill. Uh, if we really were to understand those ramifications, I think we'd be uh, <laughs> placating God right now, asking God for forgiveness of uh, our part, our shallow part in this, and, and to show us a way of how we can re be restoring uh, the church as the prop in its proper position as being a light to the world and a city set on a hill. Mm -hmm. And so if you were going to give a direction to the church today, the Christians that are walking the earth today, we should look like Christ, right? We should be the light in the city on the hill. What else could you say to our listeners today who are just saying, what should I do in my Christian walk? Well, certainly is to support churches who are teaching this because uh, so many of the churches out there are lukewarm and it's, uh, it's about entertainment. 
basically. And that's what the what it says about the last church in the final era is that it is lukewarm and it thinks it's rich, increased with goods and has need of nothing. That's our definitely our, our market driven society. Too, peop- too many people are caught up with, with that, uh, uh, keeping up with the Joneses. Uh, uh, they're not they're not uh, uh, applying themselves to trying to understand the scriptures, where we are in, this, in, the, t- mm-hmm. in the time frame of, of where, what's happening in the world as far as prophecy goes and uh, what our responsibilities are to our fellow man, fellow, fellow man and how we're supposed to be supporting the proper uh, um, uh, lifestyles that we should be living and, and not being caught up with the, with the cares of the world being the light to the world and the city set on the hill. Yeah, absolutely. This is something I love to preach, that we are designed as believers. We're not supposed to be silent. We're not supposed to be quiet and just come to the building. Absolutely. We are called to be the light. That's a, I love to preach this, and I want people to understand absolutely. your message today too, Jerry, that this is important. The book of Revelation is not just at the end of the book. It's not something that we, we don't read because it's too difficult to interpret. We need to read it. We need to understand absolutely. it. Amen. Amen. And that's what my book is about. We need to get back to reading the Gospels, the, all the, uh, the, the, the prophecies, and particularly understand what that book of Revelation is about and not to be afraid of it, because so many Christians are. Yeah. If you could pick out one piece of scripture from Revelation that you just are fascinated with, what would that be? Well, I think it was that um, uh, uh, what struck me so many, so many uh, years ago in reading the admonitions to the churches was that um, uh, that warning to the last church about uh, uh, being thinking that they were rich and increased with good? Because that's our society today. Mm. Uh, we have to get our minds out of thinking that we are our situation is is superior to the past just because of our standard of living is is what it is today. Uh, the reasons why we have the standard of living is at at the uh, exploitation of a lot of people today in the past, in particular, as, as, uh, as Protestant led in the rise, uh, uh, secularizing the world, things did improve monetarily, but spiritually, uh, things have been definitely going downhill. And uh, that's just what we need to take away from the book of Revelation. What stands out there is that there, there is great upheavals today, social upheavals that are epitomized by that thinking, especially today that we're rich and increase with good, but we're pretty much lukewarm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, lukewarm. I say that's the, we could categorize a lot of people in that, in that space of lukewarm, just coming to church, just participating. But Christianity is not a participation sport. It is mm, not just, no, a, it's, you don't get a participation trophy. At the end, no, we need no. to walk out our we, we, we as Christians need to be auditing the church. <laughs> mm. That's a word that's quite being used quite quite prevalently, prevalently now, in particular in America. Wow. Uh, uh, we need to audit the church, yeah. forensically audit the church. Yeah. And I don't want to take away from your book and from what you wrote about, but I do want to ask this Mark of the Beast. I've heard some people say, Yes, coronavirus, mark of the beast. And we know that this is not it. This is not what Bi- the Bible speaks about. We're going to know what it, what the mark is, things like this. What can you say about the mark from your interpretations? I'm just interested. Well, uh, whatever the mark is, what it, it will be, though, is uh, where does your fidelity lie? You know, uh, it, it, you can talk about some sort of physical uh, attribute all about. It's, it's really a spiritual thing is that 
where do your loyalties lie in the final days? And God will know that. So you'll either receive the seal of God or you'll receive the mark of, of, of Satan. So uh, I don't think you'd have to worry so much about the mark if you really are, are on fire for the Lord <laughs> yeah. and trying to do Good his point. will. Uh, I mean, uh, you're going to be sealed. You're going to be sealed. And mm -hmm. uh, the, the mark will be for those people who are just you know, living in the world or for the world. Mm -hmm. I think that's a good point. If you're someone who's questioning, am I going to get the mark or not? You know, you should probably do something before that moment. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I understand. Okay, come to Any, God, right? Yeah, yeah, come to God today. No, no need to wait. No reason to right. continue to live your life in the world. Anything else you want to just leave with our audience today, or to speak about your book? Uh, just, I think we we pretty much touched on everything. I just want to impress on people is it's it's um. Uh, if you really examine history, you understand, under, examine the book of Revelation, you'll understand that uh, uh, in the book, in, in the uh, prophecies in the New Testament, particularly about great falling away, we are in those times. Yeah. And the church has lost its way. It's not the light to the world in the general sense. And it's not a city set on the hill. We need more people, more people in the church to wake up and to realize these conditions, their condition. Uh, and we pray to God for forgiveness and we ask him to get us through these times because we're we're in some bad times now i don't see them getting much better uh mm -hmm. to for in the foreseeable future yeah all right jerry thank you so much for your time today and all the things that you brought for our audience if i can have you in oh actually i would like to ask where can we find this book and maybe find you on social media or a personal website or something like that okay my book you can find on www.historicist.net Social media, I just got kicked off of social media because I think my messages are too pleasing for, for Facebook. So uh, wow. I'm going to be looking into other social media uh, 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 right now. I think Gab or something like that uh, to get this message out through, through some, so, some form of social media. Because you know they are, they are pretty much canceling uh, anybody who has a good, powerful message in, in reference to mm -hmm. Christianity in particular on, on the uh, legacy social media right now at least. Wow. Yeah. Thanks for saying that too, because this message is something that the world is going to reject, right? This is something exactly. that they do not want to hear. Exactly. This is yeah, not they don't want to hear it. From a, yeah, the world yeah. doesn't want to hear it. And only no. his people will. His people yeah. will. God's people. So listen up. Jerry, thank you so much for your time. If I can have you end with a prayer, I would appreciate it. All right. Thank you, Dallas. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for this opportunity to get uh, this message out to people here. I want to pray that. Um, you open the minds and the hearts of your people. Thank you so much for Dallas and his his uh, platform that we can share this message. We want to pray for, once again, for the people who listen. Please open their hearts and their minds. Thank you for all your blessings that you've bestowed upon us and the under, and abilities for us to understand your word. We ask you for your spirit and guidance. And we thank you and hope, help that you, we ask for help for your people in these final days to get us to these times. For we ask these things in your name and in your precious and loving son's name, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. You've just listened to the Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast. 
with your host, Pastor Chris Busher. Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast was recorded live in studio with final editing made before uploading. Subscribe today to Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast on iTunes or Google Play. For more fantastic daily content, visit Pastor Chris Busher online via Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram. Don't miss the next episode on Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast.